0: Welcome to Confessions of a Faith Anista. I'm so glad you're here. This is my first stab at a real podcast, so bear with me, be patient, being totally honest and transparent. I really don't know much of what I'm doing. But today I want to share with you the story of the Christina seven years ago, not the Christina you may know today. So if you don't know me, this is a great place to get a little background info about me. And if you do know me, you probably don't totally understand, um, where I come from and what my story is all about. And hopefully today's podcast will give you a little bit of insight on why I'm so passionate about this project and this space and about every woman living the life that they were meant and purpose to live. So thanks for being here. So seven years ago in um, 2010 it was just about this time first week of August I think it was either the third or the fifth I got on a plane from the most beautiful island ever uh, Puerto Rico a place they said I'd never ever leave to come to Texas with no job no money and um, really at that point no hope. I had nothing left to lose because I had pretty much lost everything. Or at that time I thought I had lost everything and everything to gain. So that point of desperation of sort of hitting rock bottom led me to a point where the things that I thought I feared, my desperation went above my fear. Now, just a little insight or backstory to this is you never, ever want to consciously let desperation get to a point where your fear goes away. But it was a really strong moment in my life because I had allowed fear to paralyze me for so many years. And even after um, arriving in Texas that August day, for several years afterwards, I still continue to let fear paralyze me. I I can divide my life into two moments and it's the moment, it's the moment where I stopped allowing fear to paralyze me. Now that doesn't mean fear didn't come, um, or doesn't come. I just don't allow it to stop me anymore from moving forward. But at that point it was no bravery. It was none of that. It was more along the lines of, I I was so desperate, um, and so beat down, and so depressed, and so anxious in the situation that I was back home, which was Puerto Rico at the time, that I had no other choice but to get on a plane and come to the unknown. Never did I think I'd move to the United States permanently, even though I'd grown up in New Jersey, but I never ever thought I'd end up in Texas. So it's kind of crazy how that happens. Let me lead you up to the point where I'm about to get on a plane with absolutely no plan other than to try and find a job and no resources. I was um, 28, around 27, 28 at the time. And I was kind of living the life. I, I, I wasn't rich, but I was a young attorney. I was had a great social life. I had friends I like to hang out with. I loved to work. There was no such thing as work-life balance. I was either working or sort of partying, spent some time with my friends, lived in a beautiful tropical island. Uh, There was lots to be done and lots to be seen. I was ridden with anxiety and what I call a walking depression, but I didn't know it at the time. Truly from the outside looking in, I kind of had it all, you know, youth. I was looking good. Um, I had a career and status because in Puerto Rico very much so your career becomes your identity and um, I was working with people I loved, brought one of my best friends to come work with me. Things were good. I was on the up and up at the firm that I was at and overnight, I don't want to get too deep into that part of the story because I think I'll share more of that later, overnight I pretty much... Lost it all. I I hadn't been around long enough to really develop great habits with finances. I wasn't making a whole lot of money because I was a young lawyer, and there are so many lawyers in Puerto Rico, small island, three three major law schools, and I think there's four now. And um, so you can just imagine uh, Puerto Rico is the size of a small city with lots and lots of attorneys and lots of lots of educated people, lots of professionals. So I was betrayed by one of my very close friends um, in the workplace and I unjustly lost um, my job. Along with it, I didn't just lose my job. At the time, I'd lost my identity, my self-esteem. All my identity was wrapped up in my education and And the things that I do, my education, identity was wrapped up in education and a work. And all of a sudden I had no job, um, betrayed by my best friend, which I totally didn't understand at the time. And it was my reputation. And it was hard to bounce back. I Half-heartedly, I tried to find another position, but like I said, the market was really saturated. I was renting an apartment, lost that. Um, when I was moving out of that apartment a few months later, I used my mom's vehicle, which was a Ford Explorer at the time when I was moving that. That got stolen while I was moving. So my mom's vehicle got stolen. I ended up living with my mom, my mother, thank goodness for her, in a beautiful resort community. So within my struggle and within um, this, moment of lack and rock bottom. I lived in one of the most beautiful places. So I got, um, got serious about working out and, um, made a friend, got a part-time job with a, at a doctor's office, sort of running their thing. But I was just, I was defeated. I, I, I felt very alone. Um, that best friend sort of rallied all the friends that we knew or the circle that we hung out with and they sort of Ostracized me, became sort of like a leper. Didn't have people to hang out with. I Was working a part-time job, and and I was I was broken and I was desperate and I felt worthless. Living in my mom's house at twenty at twenty seven, it was rough. And then one night, in this angst and, and desperation, I was talking to a friend. And they said, well, well, what can I do? How could you get out of there? I said, my aunt's always said something about moving to Texas. I was like, okay, it's done. I bought you a ticket. You're leaving in two weeks. So I got a one-way ticket from a friend. Um, And I called my aunt and I said, I'm coming. And uh, she being the amazing woman that she is lined up job interviews. I had a job interview before I even got here to Texas. But I had absolutely nothing. Nothing. Um, In my pocket, no savings. I was on food stamps at the time. So basically, and once again, from the outside looking in, I was living in this resort community. I still looked really good. I'd put on a great face. People knew I wasn't working. You know, they just thought I was in between jobs. They thought things were going great. And inside I was devastated. And so my grandfather, the day before or the day that I left, gave me $60, dollars three $20 bills and to two suitcases, um, with enough clothes for job interviews and whatnot. And that's it. Got on a plane, hated flying, hated flying. Um, that's what I say. My desperation was bigger than my fear and with $60, I kid you not, that's all I had. Um, I came to Texas without a job, without anything. And I think it's important to show this part of my story because I've come a long, long way. I'm nowhere near where I want to be or what I believe God has for me. But when it came up in my app on Facebook that it had been seven years. Something in me just like clicked. I'm like, I have to share this. People do not understand that you can get out of even the most precarious situations. Like literally at $60, I had spent 12 of them. I, I spent 12 of them at the airport on a sandwich and a drink. So I came to a new country With $48, I did. Granted, I had a place to stay and food, and thank goodness for family, but that's it. My cell phone, for the next two months, a friend of mine paid my cell phone bill because I I needed to have a phone, the phone that I put on the applications and their resume. And so I tell you this you know, that even in the most desperate situations, You can find hope and you can find a way. One of the other things that stood out to me is that we never do it alone. Whether you believe in God yet or not, there's one thing you do have to believe in. There is no such thing as the self-made man or the self-made woman. People help you along the way. If it weren't for that friend who bought me the plane ticket, I would have never had a way to leave. If it weren't for my aunt who opened up the doors and got moving on getting me a connection for a job, I wouldn't have been able to leave. If it wouldn't have been for the other friend at the time who was even more of an acquaintance who said, hey, I took care of your cell phone bill so your cell phone doesn't get shut off. If it wouldn't have been for that other friend who got me that part-time job so I could survive and stay in shape and not lose my sanity while I was still in that situation. If it weren't for any of them, I wouldn't have been able to make it over here. And I share with many people that the way, the way I overcame anxiety and depression were the moments I let go of my hangups and really allowed God to come into my life. And it was, came at a point of surrender. And I've said more than once, if I would have never moved to Texas, I'm not sure that would have ever happened. There was some things that just could not happen while I was in that old environment. No matter how much I love the island and and the food and the friends and my family, there was some change that had to occur in me where I had to be moved, like physically moved. Pushed out of my comfort zone, pushed out of what was easy, pushed out of all the things I knew for so long to allow God to come in. And do what he needed to do so I could do the work that I needed to do to overcome those things. And so this is one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about Confessions of a Faith Anissa is because I've overcome so much. I went from taking medication for depression, anxiety, high blood pressure, ADD, then something to sleep because the ADD medicine would keep me up to not taking anything now, except for my thyroid medication. But the thing is, here's the deal. There is freedom. There is, there is a way, and I'm not saying medication is wrong. Please don't get me wrong. I didn't mean to go on this, but um, I believe very, I, I believe in a very big way that the medication is there to help us to get us through. And, but at the same time, we have to work through certain hangups. We need to work through the trauma. We need to work through those things in us that are broken because through that brokenness, there comes the beauty, there comes the story, there comes the redemption because now I can come out, I've come out on the other side and I can say, Hey, I know what you're going through, or I know something similar. Maybe not exactly, but here's what I went through. And here's how I overcame it. And if I can, you can, and let me come alongside of you and let's do this together. And so that's the big reason I wanted to share this part of my story. And and I'll share more about how things evolved later. But right now I'm recording this as I sit in my dream car, my teenage dream car, because I've always wanted a Jeep Wrangler. And I'm sitting in, not just anyone, I have like the nice leather seats. And you know, the other day I just realized I'm so blessed. I have a job, I realize my identity no longer lies in my career education. But now that I know that my where my identity is centered in, and I have a confidence that comes from within, and from above, from God, I can excel at the things that I thought were stripped away from me. All the stuff I thought I'd lost, I've regained. It's been repaid. It's true what they say. Those things that you lost will be returned to you. But there's some things we need to let go of and there's some things we need to work through. And that's part of what Confessions of a Faith and Easter Page is. So as I share more of my story, it's not going to be all about me. But I thought it was so appropriate for me to show you the real beginnings of the Confessions of a Faith Anista. That real moment, because where I am today would have never happened if I hadn't left seven years ago. So I invite you to come along this journey. It's going to be so much more about you than me but I did want to give you that insight. I wanted to give you that background. I wanted to tell you whatever it is you think of me, or you see on social media, there's so much more. And I know it's like that in your life too. I know there's so much more to you that you think no one even cares about exploring, or maybe you don't even want to explore. But the truth is we can't move forward Until we deal with the things that are holding us down from the past. And so with that, I want to invite you to connect. Let me know what your thoughts are. Do you have a similar story? Did you ever have to leave a place that you loved? Has your desperation ever been greater than your fear? I can't wait to share with you how I deal with fear now. And how I've learned to overcome it. But at that moment, it was really nothing other than pure desperation. And I thank God every day for coming to that point. If I wouldn't have gotten so low, I probably would have never left. So let's connect. Reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find my handle. It's the same one, the Faith Anista. Let's connect. Let's talk. Working on so many things right now for you. Working on the blog and getting, um, all of that set up so this can be a true community, a true sisterhood, and a work in progress. So, thanks so much for sticking around, for listening to this very first full episode of the podcast. If you have any ideas, submissions, thoughts, please reach out to me. You can reach me at faithanista at gmail.com, DM, IM, blast me out on social media, stop me on the street, text me if you have my number just reach out. I'd love to hear your story. I'd love to bring you whatever whatever it is you think is missing in this space. Let's get real. Let's get raw. Let's have some fun and get our sexy on. Ciao.